into the contest. It is Wednesday the 18th of May. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, of course, it's Election Day on Saturday. And the most important question, a vital question I need to ask you, sausage sandwich. <laughs> Barbecue or tomato? <laughs> Onions or none? I know that's a question, Tim. Is it whether, whether we're going to eat a shit sandwich after this election? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, tomato sauce for me, mate. I'm a bit of a purist, definitely, mate. But what about yourself? Oh, I just say whatever you've got. <laughs> chuck it on. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an all sauces kind of guy. Even if they've got garlic, mayonnaise, onions, cheese, I'll take the lot. But uh, I love your response. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Matthew Mott, is he going to be the next English cricket coach. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Minji Lee continues to do well internationally and Dustin Martin is he headed to the Emerald City? John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003 he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone free from the ill effects of mass produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Matty Mott, wouldn't this be a rise and rise to fame if he took on the coaching job in England? But uh, be a real loss for the Australian women's team, Shane. It would be a huge loss. So Matty Mott goes back. He's a former Queenslander. I played against him a lot in junior ages. Um, end up going to Victoria mm. to make a, a, cle- a career as an opening batsman there. Um, but yeah, look, he's had a lot of success and now been touted as potentially to take over the one-day role um, in the, for England. Uh, we know Brendan McCallum has been appointed as the test coach, and they're saying that it's a good chance that he will be the one-day coach for England. And, uh, look, his, his record with the, the Australian women's team is very, very impressive. Uh, he's been there for seven years. Um, during that time, look, they've had the Ashes for the last four years. They've won... Um, three World Cups in different limited over formats and, uh, yeah, very, very successful and has a record for 26 wins in a row, which is the most out of men and women. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a very calm guy, Matty Motta. I mm. remember when he went, did, he went to Victoria and that was a time where you guys all held jobs as well. He was a groundkeeper or a greenkeeper mm. at one of the golf courses. So, yeah, he certainly has kicked down the road. Very calming influence, as we just mentioned. Now, England cricket, they've got some troubles, haven't they? Uh, Tom Harrison, the ECB chief executive, to step down in June. Well, I don't think you have any more changes are possible uh, with England at the moment. The, he's stepping down. Uh, Claire Connor, the former England uh, women's captain and cricket manager, will take over um, in the interim role as CEO. Um, as, we, as we said, they've got a, a new coach in Brendan McCallum. They've got a new captain um, in Ben Stokes. Uh, Rob Key's been appointed managing director. Um, and they're looking for a new chairman. So there are wholesale changes with the ECB. Yeah, and uh, in Sri Lanka, Angelo Matthews, well, agonisingly short of a, a test double century. Yeah, he's uh, the only player now in test history to be dismissed for mm. 99 and 199. I tell you what, uh, you, 99 would be very, is very, very frustrating, but 199, I reckon you, you can stomach that. That's still a good knock. But he joins uh, f- uh, former teammates... Uh, 
Jay Soraya and Kumar Sangakara, who also scored 199. Steve Waugh also famously scored 199, Tim. So, uh, yeah, there's been a number of players, I think 12 in history, that have done it. Yeah, I remember I was at that game when he uh, scored that 199, Steve mm. Waugh. Now, a, a little bit of tennis news. It really is wobbling back into shape, isn't it? The uh, the tennis world with crowds, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we've got a few Australian hopefuls at the, at the French Open at Roland Garros. Yeah, Alec Verrick, he... Uh Six Australian uh, players overnight uh, won uh, in qualifying. And this is to qualify for the for the French Open at Roland Garros. Um, he beat Mario Martinez 7-5, mm. um, He needs now to beat Sebastian Offner, uh, and then he'll qualify for his second French Open, which will be huge for the young guy. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, look, it's just great to see all, all the crowds mm. coming back. And we're really, you know, we're, we're only you know, weeks away from finding out who's going to win this tournament. Now, Minji Lee doing well overseas? She is an outstanding golfer. Uh, She won uh, the LPGA uh, Founders Cup by two shots. Uh, It's her seventh LPGA title. Um, But three of her last five finishes, um, she's sorry, she's finished uh, top three in the last five of seven finishes. So um, she's in really, really good form going into the US Open. Oh, and to watch that short game, it's like... It's you watch her play with like a pitching wedge or a lob mm. wedge or a sixty degree, fifty two degree. Any of these clubs, these sh- these short clubs, it's like she's got a string on the end of it when she stops the ball. We, we, you and dare I say, no, no, I say me and dare I say you at times <laughs> may spray them into the sand or the water or the or the gum tree. Yeah, what a golfer! Another great golfer, of course, uh, legend, the arguably the greatest of all in in the men's game, Jack Nicholas. This is an interesting yarn and doesn't surprise anyone, I suppose, but he rejected a $140, $140 million offer uh, in and around this whole Greg Norman Saudi Arabia initiative. Yeah, well, he's saying he was offered to do the role prior to what Greg Norman is doing now, $140 million, turning that Mm. down. Look, but at at the age of 82, you know, he's eight-time winner um, of the PGA and basically started the PGA um, he's, he's staying loyal to, I suppose, the thing that made him the golf that he is today in the person, and uh, it's a big number to turn down. I would be a few grandkids not really happy with that, but uh, he's probably got plenty anyway. Yeah, I reckon he'd have about 140 sitting in his ashtray, so the, um, <laughs> when you think of all the money that he would have made. Stay with us. We'll be talking AFL, NRL, and much, much more. Well, Dustin Martin, there is there is a rumour that uh, this modern-day AFL legend could be headed to Sydney Town. Uh, uh, it, looks, it looks like he'll leave Richmond. Yeah, it's appearing that way. And I think it's not really – he doesn't necessarily want to leave Richmond. He wants to get out of the fishbowl of Melbourne. And, and for those who live outside Melbourne and, and don't really understand the culture of the AFL within the city of Melbourne, it is full-on. It is overbearing, and uh, look, we saw Buddy Franklin do it, come to Sydney and to get out of that fishbowl there um, and turn his life around, and he's had a very successful career up here. But at 30 years of age, I don't know if he's the right guy for the Swans. Maybe he'll go to GWS, but yeah, it's obviously he's still struggling a bit. Um, I'm still tipping him to play probably best on ground this weekend, but it appears that he has the support, not only of his teammates, but of the coach there to say, look, mate, if you need to go and do the best thing for yourself, we'll fully support that. And he's been a legend of that club. 
Oh, he has been, and uh, mm. wouldn't that be phenomenal? I mean, oh. they, they they may miss each other. He's around thirty, but mm. uh, imagine if him and uh, Buddy were both playing in the same oh. team. That that would be quite unbelievable, really. Um, and in the NRL, the Bulldogs. Uh, well, these are always going to happen, aren't they? These challenges when you when you lose your coach, Brent Naden, off to West Tigers. Uh, there's talk of other players leaving. As uh, yeah, the, Mick Potter may be the interim coach. Yeah, well, uh, Brett Nain's basically uh, signed with the Tigers the day after Trent Barrett left, and he's been released immediately. So um, lots of changes there. And, uh, yeah, the Bulldogs in real turmoil now. It's, it was see, it's just to see what Gus Gould, um, how on the front foot he gets now or whether he sort of slinks off into the background like he normally does. Rugby league legend Roy Simmons, what a great guy. Amazing bloke. Um, obviously diagnosed with dementia, and, and some people would – would you know go home and, and and just sort of try and deal with it he's got straight on the front foot straight on the whole charity thing and conducting this walk um look look i think it just goes to show the measure of the man roy simmons he's, he's an extraordinary fella he is mate he's my mother's first cousin as well tim and uh although i've never i've never met royce personally but what a legend of the game but yet he's going to walk 300 kilometers to raise 500k for dementia and for alzheimer's and you know, the real sad thing is that he had to sit his grandkids down only uh, a few weeks ago and tell them that, you know, Pop won't know who you are in a few years, but I still love you. And, uh, yeah, that, that is the, 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 the real um, brutal disease that Alzheimer's is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Evander Holyfield's son, um, knocked down by an electrician. It's not something he's going to put on his CV. <laughs> but he was a dollar one favourite. He went into this fight, Evan Holyfield, uh, wow. nine, and, nine and zero. Dollar one, and he took on Jermaine McDonald, the electrician, who just threw a big sparky <laughs> right hook to his uh, to his jaw and knocked him out and flattened him. So, uh, very very disappointing loss for him. Now he needs to reassess. Yeah, Vander Holyfield's son gets his wires crossed in the ring. Yeah, that, that is that is an interesting result. That one. Now, look, this is a, a story of bravery. Uh, I, I think, in in many ways, when we see sports people come out and you know tell their innermost secrets and you know um, bear their souls to the world. Blackpool teenager from the world game, of course, soccer player Jack Daniels um, has come out and uh, told the world that he's gay. Yeah, very, very brave for a young footballer to do this while he's playing. It hasn't happened in 32 years. Um, and he's coming from Blackpool, which is you now northern England, which is a pretty tough, rough area. And uh, very, very brave of this young man to come out. And he said, I'm just sick of hiding who I am when I'm away from the game of sport. I'd rather be who I want to be the whole time and uh, be the best person I can be. So good on you, um, Jake, for doing that. Good on him. It's yep. It's it's probably a disgrace. Thirty two years, isn't it? That yeah. you know, the disgrace because uh, people haven't felt they've been allowed to do it. Because yep. no doubt there's a lot more than just him who are who are gay playing soccer at the highest level or one of those levels. Because it's played everywhere um, mm-hmm. through England from the Premier League down. Uh, good on him. Now we'll wrap it up today with uh, a tour. Now you were one of the great tourists, Shane, a mighty cricketer <laughs> for Australia, forty five one day internationals, but you loved a tour. And this tour, it didn't get any better. We went to the Australia A team that had Adam Gilchrist, Andrew Simons, um, God rest his soul, Damien Martin, 
my brother Brett. Alan Border was the coach. Mm. We went. We, we played in Hollywood, <laughs> and wow. this was bef- this was before the 2020 really took shape. So we took on India A, who had Harbhajan Singh and a number of of uh, who became really good Indian Test players. And we were playing in Hollywood uh, on this sort of ground. It was going live back to India, so we were basically warming up at about five a.m. in the morning um, with the time difference. So. But one of the best things, I went to a, a little jazz club with Adam Gilchrist and Damien Martin, and we sat there. There's probably only about seven people in the room, and Damien Martin, not knowing his music, said, Jesus, girl sings all right. I said, it's, it's Dion Warwick, Warwick, mate. Who's <laughs> <laughs> <is> that? <laughs> I said, oh. mate, it's really great. And she just did this little impromptu gig um, pretty much in, in front of about 15 people, and we were lucky enough to sit there and uh, have a couple of nice glasses of red and uh, – Get ready for the 5am warm-up next morning. (laughs) Oh, what a voice. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. And our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh, back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building. Resilience. Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience podcast on your favorite podcast app.